0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Emergencies Act is still subject to an inquiry. And it was ongoing this past week in Ottawa. Not public any longer, but ongoing. Well, public, yeah, but not on television. Public to a certain extent. And uh, the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor, Jody Thomas, testified before a committee of members of parliament and senators investigating the invoking of the Emergencies Act and spoke about concerns about a second truck convoy being planned to descend on Ottawa next February 17th to 21st. And Ms. Thomas has revealed the federal government is planning to take action. Well, we're going to talk to our guest about this And our guest is Professor Christian Luprecht, Queen's University and Royal Military College, expert on national and international security. He testified this week at the Emergency Inquiry Roundtables in Ottawa. I also want to ask uh, the professor what options Canada and Canada's police should be considering if there's going to be any follow-up convoy. Professor Luprecht's book is Intelligence as Democratic Statecraft, There's a new book coming up, and we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. Christian, thank you very much uh, for coming on the program again today. Why were you invited to testify specifically um, this week in Ottawa?
1: So people thought that the testimonies were over the week before after we heard from sort of the key federal officials uh, in this. Uh, But the commission had, and I think wisely planned, for a series of expert roundtables to enlighten some of the more specific conversations uh, that were had with officials. So there were roundtables, in my case, for instance, on the financial dimensions, because if you remember, the Emergencies Act was used in order to assist with uh, uh, freezing some accounts and providing... Providing some uh, some accountability on the crowdsourcing um, and I testified on the one with regards to police-government relations, in particular the question of uh, when and under what circumstances uh, can or should government direct the police, what is that relationship, but there were other roundtables for instance on, on basic rights and civil rights and what does it mean to protest, because everybody agrees widely in this country that you should have a right to peaceful protest, but of course the convoy here raised interesting questions between, well, you know, if you're being unruly and obnoxious, um, is that do you still qualify for a right of peaceful protest? Do you get to bring your truck to a protest? Um, And, of course, some of the asymmetries, for instance, that we saw in the rule of law where um, uh, we had blockages of critical infrastructure in uh, the year earlier uh, where the Emergencies Act was not invoked and yet for uh, a smaller protest that arguably caused less economic disruption, at least in Ottawa, not at our borders. Uh, the government felt it necessary to invoke the act. So uh, what does it mean to have peaceful protest in Canada and what sort of enforcement measures um, are appropriate? Um, so these were sort of, I think, the where the commission is looking more specifically at um, the recommendations that it may be looking to make, specifically recommendations in terms of changes in legislation, but also changes in regulation, um, in policy, um, and perhaps other recommendations in terms of some of the national security uh, structure and infrastructure. But I think the, since it is a federal commission, it will look primarily, I suspect, at federal legislation and federal agencies Um, And provide I think more modest input on the provincial and the local side and we'll leave that uh, To Ontario to sort out in particular since the premier opted uh, Not to testify before the commission on the grounds that this was a federal inquiry and so the fed should go at it Yeah,
0: I hope that we don't lose sight of the significance the ultimate significance of this inquiry Yes, it's to determine whether or not The Emergencies Act was appropriately invoked, but it's also a look at setting the bar for the next time this may be deemed necessary by a federal government. Where is the bar now? Has the language of the Emergencies Act been compromised by opinion? I don't know. Maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't. But wouldn't you agree that that is maybe perhaps the most significant aspect of this, setting the bar for another government?
1: So I think there's several clear, important nuances that I think you allude to here. One is the difference between was it right to invoke the act and was it justified to invoke the act? So was there actually the sufficient legal grounds on which the government could rationalize invoking the act? We can have arguments about you know, what would be right for the government to do. But of course, in a constitutional democracy, we specifically have constraints imposed on government by the Constitution, by the Charter, in the case of the Emergencies Act, by the Emergencies Act itself. And so one of the interesting debates that I think came out of this was, is our understanding of national security sufficiently robust for the 21st century, our our more realist, traditional understanding of national security that really doesn't cope well with things like political instability, economic instability, and so forth. I think the second important piece is that the challenge when these events happen, and especially when ministers and the agencies testify, everybody will always tell you they did a fantastic job. And this was sort of the best job they could possibly do. Government owns the narrative because they ultimately own all the data and the likes behind it. And so it's very difficult to Uh, To look inside. And I think what we got here was from the commission was some level of transparency where we can cut through some of the narratives and some of the spin where we heard lots about funding from outside of the country. And then it turns out, well, there really wasn't a whole lot of funding from outside of the country. So where was the disconnect between what we were being told, for instance, by the prime minister um, and what then uh, our security intelligence service uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately told us? And I think the third is really understanding... Is our legislation, is our system fit for purpose for the 21st century? And uh, as you know, I've long argued that if our system had performed as intended, we would have never needed to invoke emergency measures to deal with a smaller number of protesters than we get for mm-hmm. homecoming at Queen's University
0: in yeah. Kingston every fall. Yeah, The reason I brought that up is that there was interpretation of the act, subjective interpretation brought into the uh, public part of the inquiry. Um, this is after CESIS said, or uh, indicated that it did not, The language of the CSIS Act did not make it incumbent or, or appropriate perhaps to invoke the Emergencies Act. I know the opinion of the director was different as he spoke to the prime minister, but we've been told that. But if language is going to be interpreted, then the language of this particular commission And the decision that they take on whether or not the Emergencies Act was appropriately or justifiably or legally uh, invoked may be interpreted by another government that comes along and says, well, no, they didn't really mean that. They meant this. So this is why I'm getting what I'm getting at. The language has to be precise. It has to be understood. And it has to be unequivocal
1: the challenges whether our understanding of national security in this country was too narrow and that inhibited a comprehensive response. What do I mean by that specifically? This is not just a Canadian discussion. Um, uh, in, in, in Europe, the European court just very recently interpreted national security very, very narrowly. And so there's a number of countries that are very concerned about their ability now to respond uh, to potential national security um, matters. The challenge I think when you, uh, about what, what your definition ultimately, uh, ultimately is, is the federal agencies, so the RCMP, for instance, can enforce pretty much any law that parliament has passed, whereas most provincial forces, local forces enforce only uh, the criminal code and a few other measures. And so when you get federal agencies involved, you have a much, much broader remit to enforce. So the question is, at what point do you get them involved? Because if we have to wait for an emergency every time to get them involved – Clearly, that is the wrong threshold to have a comprehensive approach mm-hmm. to the sort of convoy that we saw in February. Yeah. Uh,
0: before we talk about uh, Ottawa, seven, February 17 to 21, Christian, can you just give me a quick idea, your sense of what's going on in China?
1: Well, I think this is what economists told you at the beginning, also about uh, Canada and other Western countries. That human nature simply doesn't respond well to being highly constrained for extended periods of time, and so you can impose these restrictions uh, for briefer periods of time. But um, fundamentally, in terms of human nature, I mean, folks who live in China are no different than folks who live in Canada, and they don't like being uh, locked up and confined, and uh, and uh, and having many of their mobility sort of freedoms that are already highly constrained even further constrained um and so i think this is uh this is bound to be seen and my hypothesis on this is that uh all along the uh, covid restrictions in china have always been simply an excuse for the government to essentially further constrain um, mobility uh, by the chinese out of concern uh, over possible uprisings against xi jinping as he's trying to anoint himself as sort of quasi the new emperor uh, before the party congress so uh, i think now that that's done they're
0: relaxing the restrictions okay now under this issue about a potential second convoy in ottawa heading for ottawa and the dates that were mentioned by miss thomas uh, february 17th to 21 what is your sense of this and you, you and i talked about you provided your perspective on what should have happened as far as police engagement was concerned uh, the last time so february of this year what is your advice what what's your perspective on this now
1: well, first, let's make sure we don't twice become the laughing stock of the international community. First, when we look completely incompetent in uh, responding to the most fundamental challenge to the rule of law that Canada had seen in decades. And then because we, looked, we were so incompetent at responding that we felt we had to invoke an Emergencies Act to deal with a few obnoxious, unruly, but rather tenacious protesters. So I think we did ourselves no favor uh, especially with our key allies in the united states and uh, uh, australia the united kingdom in and uh, and europe it may really made us look uh, uh, not particularly competent and not particularly prepared and uh, given the relatively um, homopathic contribution that canada has made to regional and international security i think uh, it reinforced the perception that canada simply doesn't take security seriously um, i think the there's an opportunity here to think back and see it Look at the many uh, failures of of, of uh, agencies. So the intelli- the intelligence failures in advising properly in terms of the posture that we need to take to respond. Uh, the ability to coordinate across local, provincial and federal police uh, forces and resources and having the adequate resources in place, making sure we have not just a command and control structure that can uh, adequately deal with protests, but also have the logistics, the intelligence and the planning function so that we can respond uh, dynamically. Um, and I would hope that this time round, rather than the mayor of Ottawa uh, the prime minister and the premier taking political potshots at each other and trying all to instrumentalize the situation for their own personal political benefit, uh, that we can actually get collaboration among all three levels of government so that we can have a coherent response and that federal, provincial, and local agencies know that they have appropriate and adequate political direction and political di- authority with regards to the strategy and the interventions. Um, uh, that um, are uh, that are expected but are also appropriate in a democracy. And that was certainly one of the things that was discussed this week at the roundtable where everybody said, yes, we don't want politicians to interfere in police operations, uh, but we do need politicians to provide adequate frameworks and adequate uh, strategic direction to law enforcement and intelligence agencies rather than go and hide when things fall
0: apart. Yeah, a novel way of doing politics in Canada. The cynic might say, not that I am. Now, what can you share with us, please, about what would you say was the most substantive piece of um, testimony that you provided at the round table? What what can you share with us?
1: Um, Well, I think there's a general sense that uh, I think by participants that if the system had worked, we wouldn't have needed the Emergencies Act. And there were puzzling measures that current legislation would arguably have been adequate to deal with these measures but that um, the emergencies act required uh, provided sort of an accelerant overall uh, to uh, and provide additional toolkits to enable uh, the agencies but I think there was broadly I would say um, um, among people that I shared uh, that I shared the uh, uh, the roundtables with uh, I think some trepidation. Um, whether they were lawyers, they were social scientists, uh, they were consultants, or they were practitioners. And we heard in particular from the Toronto response by Chief Raymer and the chief executive of the board in Toronto, Ryan Teschner, uh, the way Toronto was prepared and the way Toronto was able to uh, respond. Now, they did have some heads up here, uh, but I think there's a there's a sense here that... Uh, um, uh, convoy 2.0 we actually have to look competent professional and we can do this um and that everybody's a little puzzled about uh, the extent to which we were exchanging business cards basically on top of the heap of the rubble uh, in a national capital in a g7 country in the 10th largest economy in the world
0: if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites